Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. Day, and being that it's Mother's Day, we've got three amazing women here today that are actually reasonably close to me as well, and they're being interviewed this morning on creating legacy. So get comfortable, get ready, and get uh, encouraged this morning as we hear this wonderful message from these ones. Hey, well, good morning, everybody at Thrive Church. So good to have you here with us at our special Mother's Day service, and a big Special well done to all the mums out there that are doing everything so well over lockdown. And joining me today, we have got three amazing guests, Abby, Debbie and Lynn. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. Great. It's good to have you here with me this morning. I have a few questions. Today we're talking about legacy. And Lynn, I'd love to start off talking with you uh, this morning. Just, you know, as a mum and as a grandmother, having your daughter and granddaughter here this morning, all with amazing relationships with Jesus. What does that mean for you? Oh, wow. That is very special. It really is. And especially when you think about um, parenting out of your own brokenness and um, weaknesses, and you see the grace of God, He comes through and fixes things up behind you. But yeah, I'm really proud of these guys. That's the right kind of pride. And... um, and I think they're fantastic. But of course, I'm only one parent out of two. And, uh, and we have one child out of four and one grandchild out of nine. And the others are all fabulous as well. All amazing people and uh, just at different stages in their walk with God. But as long as I see them all in heaven and as long as they all hit their God destiny thing, yeah. Awesome. Very cool. Thank you. And Debbie, like we're looking at legacy today, uh, being Mother's Day. When I say the word legacy, what does that make you think of? Yeah, well, when I think of legacy, for me, um, I think of dreaming and of creating for the next generation. Also, just realizing that this is so much bigger than me, and it's so much bigger than this moment in time. This is about future generations to come. Also, I guess I think about the way that my actions and the decisions I make, the priorities that I have right now, how that may affect um, the generations to come. I guess another thing for me in that is just really thinking about the values um, that I'm like living out myself and I'm putting into my children and really wanting um, those values to be something that helps them to live their best life. And I guess on a practical note, that looks a bit in our family, like just really wanting these guys to live with kingdom values in mind. So looking to Jesus, um, Him being their source, like loving others well, serving others, um, things like just living in freedom and wholeness and making those sort of things priorities so that, you know, look, it's like leaving behind something of true significance and value. But um, probably just one more thing to add to that. No, sorry, I'm giving you a long answer. But um is just the thought that I want my kids, so Abby and um, the rest of our children and their children, to um, go further than we've gone, to see more than what we've seen. For, you know, maybe you can kind of get to a stage in your life and maybe there's some limitations that you reach and kind of they can be a little bit like a ceiling, but I want those ceilings to be the floor for my kids so that they start off, you know, maybe from where I've left off and go so much further. 
Yeah, that's a great answer. I'd love to touch on some of those uh, thoughts a little bit further on in the interview as well. Abby, it's so great to have you with us. Um, I, I had the fun time of being your youth pastor for quite a few years and seeing you interact with my kids as well here at Thrive, and you're a great role model for so many of the younger ones coming through. Uh, one of the things that I always found growing up was that people would look at me as a teenager and it was always this expectation that teenagers are just going to go off and do their own thing and have a bit of a wild time. Um, but in my family with the values that we carried, that just wasn't something that interested me. And, yeah. and mum just touched on values there before. Yeah. Just unpack for me a little bit of your thinking around yourself as a teenager and what really matters to you at a heart level because of the family and the legacy that you've been a part yeah. of. Um, so mum and dad have been an amazing role model in the way that they carry Jesus and they um, are such a good example of how to show Jesus's love to everyone. And they are really, really good at just bringing so much joy into the family. They really focus around joy um, and that influences into our lives because we are more joyful and then we show that joy for others. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, nice, nice. You definitely have a, a very joyful and uh, loud family when the, all the kids <laughs> are together. It's like, whoa, there's a lot of energy. Yeah. Um, shout out to Tristan, my man. Um, now, um, Deb, before you, you touched on, you know, our ceiling being the next generation's floors, um, for you and, you know, Lynn as well, feel free to chime in on this. Uh, if we can be sort of pretty real for a little bit, what would be some of the things that you both have come across in life and challenges or barriers that you went, oh, I want to get a breakthrough in this in my own life so that my kids can have a breakthrough right from the start or at least have 80% of the work done and not have to do the same journey or go around that same mountain? Yeah. Do you want to go start? Yeah. Um, this is an interesting question. Um, and as I think about it, um, there's certainly been big challenges for me along the way, and uh, especially around fear and insecurity. And partly because my dad died um, when uh, mum, leaving mum four children aged three to 11. And so it really impacted on her confidence and created a lot of fear in her life. So we kind of grew up with a lot of those fears and I just took on the fears that she had and thought they were mine as well. And uh, as I got a little bit older, like in my 20s or so, I thought, no, this, this, is, this isn't going to work. You know, I felt God had a call on my life and these fears had the capacity to actually stop me entering into that call. So I had to purposely fight fear and anxiety and um, some of the ways that we did that were one of the things that um, dear mum she only ever made two plane flights in her life and they were both to the North Island um, and she wasn't going to do any more after that but this whole thing of travel flying boats planes um, underground trains and all this kind of thing was like no we don't do that because something could go wrong and so I found that the best way to start challenging these fears was to do it first in the natural and then the spiritual. And so it's quite exciting when I think about it that God has taken me from that kind of locked up fear mm. and, 
you know, to minister, you know, from the Gold Coast to Cambodia and from Fiji to Paris. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And then the other thing in dealing with fears after that, because I just felt I had to keep on. You, you can't just do it once. You've got to keep on expanding. And um, so the other thing I did was I decided, okay, I'm going to do some things that my fearful self really doesn't want to do. And uh, so um, roller coaster at Dreamworld, I would get onto those things and say, okay, Holy Spirit, this is you and I. I, I hope you wanted to come. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I really got the sense of him being with me in those things. So then when it came to being asked to go and minister in other churches and in other nations and stuff, it was like, okay, I can do this. God will come with me. And didn't mean to say I wasn't nervous, um, but that was really helpful. And so it's really working on that. And I think we've both come to the same um, conclusions, really the same keys. And a major one of those is replacing the negative thoughts that think they own you with the truth of God's word and his promises. And, and that takes work doing mm. that. And then also the humility to ask for help, mm. um, whether that's a counsellor, um, a doctor, um, deliverance ministry, you know, whatever's going to work in there. And so there's some of the keys that, that I found. Um, I wish I'd learned them sooner, but Deb, mm. you might want to carry on with that. Yeah, I was just thinking in line with the same thing around mental and emotional health. When I was in my 20s, um, I had an anxiety disorder for a while, and there's just been other times of having to fight fears, yeah. like you talk about, and insecurities. Mm. To be honest, I don't think I'd be where I am today without my mum. I know we can all say that, but in light of mental and emotional health. So in the middle of this time, especially when it was really dark, um, I remember mum giving me a little book filled with Bible verses. And she said to me, read them every day. You might not believe them now, but just read them every day and just think about them. Almost take them like medicine every day. And they became like a real lifeline. Um, I think that along with the with knowing that mum had been through something similar, that she understood it, that she got it, she wasn't judging me, and that she had worked through it and found freedom on the other side just gave me a whole lot of hope. Mm. But then just following on from what you've said um, about you're not wanting grandchildren to have to you know, mm. face the same issues, for me, um, one of those times when I was really facing fear, I can um, particularly remember thinking, I don't want my children to have to fight these battles. Yeah. I don't want them to get stuck in fear or stuck in insecurity. So instead of maybe just going, this is too hard and just leaving it, I decided to actually face it and to do the journey because I didn't want Abby and our other children and their children to have to go through the same battles. Yeah, Of course, they'll have their own ones, yeah. but um, I didn't want them to be trapped in it. So, yeah. yeah. So there's a real practical application yes. of faith Interwoving, it's not just you know a series of beliefs, but real putting wheels yep. on belief yep. so that it changes you know the thought processes that you're struggling with the tangible, life-changing results. Yep. Yeah, for for you, Abby, you know, hearing some of those components of you know how faith gets activated can create a different lifestyle. Hearing your, your mother and your grandmother talking around these elements of faith activated, altering the way that we live. Was there a, a part for you where faith shifted from being like an idea to being something that felt real and authentic for yourself that you owned? Yeah, definitely. 
Um, as when I was a child, I always looked up to mum and grand um, as both being so perfect, even though... Sorry, but you're not. (laughs) Um, And um, it kind of was a struggle for me because I was like, I have to measure up to this. Um, And then one day um, me and mum went for a walk around Pegasus Lake and she told me about her struggle with anxiety because I had like not really ever heard of it like she had done that before, been through that. Um, And that really... Can I just say, I think in in the process of going through the things that we went through, the really important thing in there is to demonstrate um, healthy um, mechanisms of working Mm. on the way through. It's not that we don't hit stuff in life or pretend that we don't face trials because that's not going to help anybody. What people want to hear, and especially our kids and grandkids and those around us, is how did you get through when this Mm. happened? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, these are some areas where you go, well, these are things that God helped us with. We were able to get a breakthrough so that the next generation wouldn't have the same levels of struggles maybe or they'd, they'd have a higher platform of truth to stand on. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, what would be some things that you would reflect on now going, man, if I, if I knew then what I know now, I, I would have done this so differently. Yeah. Well, considering that we raised our children around the 70s and 80s, and um, mostly, and the parenting training in the 70s and 80s in the Pentecostal circles that we were a part of was, was quite harsh in the way it came through, and certainly it led us to be harsh, I think. And so, um, yeah, what I would do differently... And of course, if I just comment on that, that what I would love to have known and understood, but we didn't back then, was the whole thing of like love languages, mm. like personalities, like the revelation of the Father heart of God, and like the revelation of grace. And some of those things we've seen in the, the 90s and, and 2000s. And, and um, so that would have made a big difference. So what would I have done, like to have done differently? I would like to have been a greater encourager for my kids. Um, I would like to have built more confidence and security in them. Um, I would like to have been able to um, show them what God's grace actually looked like, rather than because I was quite perfectionistic and, you know, Mm. I thought you just... But like Abby was saying before, you know, and uh, for her as a daughter looking up at that, well, for me as a parent thinking all the rest of the church is watching me, I've got to get this perfect. Mm. So less perfection. And I think also just allowing God to have control. I mean, they're his kids Mm. and I can't stop them making certain choices along the way and becoming fearful about what they might do or get into. Just cause, you know, if you, you parent out of fear, then that's a bad scene. And um, so, yeah, there's, there's a lot of things I would do differently. There's a lot of things that I don't want to say I regret because we don't want to live in regret. Because if we live in, if we keep looking at the past, then we're going to die in the past. Mm. We're not going to be moving forward. Out of the messes and out of the things that we don't do perfectly as parents, 
I always think that God gives God some ground to work on, yeah. some stuff to work with, and so they can experience. Yeah, I always say that God's, you know, He's a God of breakthrough, but He's also the God of the janitors, and He's more than <laughs> able to clean up all my mistakes along the way. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and, you know, and Debbie, I want to bring this uh, probably as our final question um, today for you. Uh, we look at, uh, you know, God who can do all the things and he, He's so good at making up for our lack. You know, as a parent, looking at God as the ultimate parent, you know, He, he carries in His nature both all the father aspects and all the mother aspects. How have you seen Him stand in the gap for your kids and for yourself when parents haven't been able to be all that we need? You know, how have you, or even how has that, knowledge that he does that brought you peace. For parents out there that go, man, I just, I don't know if, if, if I'm doing it right today or terrible tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, when we're in that space of going, man, how much are my kids going to have to spend on counselling? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I set up yeah. a trust fund for them now. <laughs> um, you know, what does that thought give you when, you when you think about the goodness of God and how he makes up for our lack? Yeah. Um, a lot of comfort in their thoughts um, because, yeah, we're not ever going to be a perfect parent. God is the only perfect parent and we can do our best, um, but that is all we can do. I think just knowing, and there's been so many moments um, where I've just said, God, I just need your grace to cover my children. I need your love to cover them and where I'm getting it wrong, just come and fill the gaps. I mean, that just brings so much reassurance that it's not all up to me. Mm. Um, and I think... Yeah, just that's been a journey for me as well of just realising that I, it's okay to make a mistake. Mm. Um, and I think as a parent as well, probably the biggest thing that we have tried to do in that as well as praying is just telling our kids when we get it wrong and yeah. telling them that we're sorry. Um, I think, yeah, being a parent and being able to say sorry, being able to say I've got it wrong is so important to your children. Yeah. Um, I know I was just thinking before about that question of what you would do differently. And I was just thinking what I would tell myself as a teenager now Mm. would be to not expect my parents to be perfect, um, to actually let them make mistakes. Um, Yes, they're the big people in my life, but they, you know, they don't have to be perfect all the time. So I think we can role model that to our children (laughs) by actually saying, that yeah. we've got it wrong and we're sorry. So I guess, yeah, just so much confidence. Um, it's a lot of reassurance that it's just not all up to me, that God's got this, that he's got them. And that's something I'm still learning, to be honest. There are still days when I go, God, is it all going to be okay? <laughs> but actually just stopping and being still, and I think that's really important, um, especially when you're busy as a parent, to just take the moment to just stop, mm. get our eyes back on Jesus, focus on Him. And when we do that, His peace just totally fills us and saturates us. And I just think just being able to pray over your children, whether they're awake or whether they're asleep, is just such a powerful tool and, yeah, just incredible. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, now, I know that, you know, we've got child, mum, grandma here um, talking about legacy, but Debbie, you actually have your grandmother's Bible with you this morning. Yeah. I was wondering if you could read a passage for us or maybe share a blessing Absolutely. as we as we draw this uh, this time to a close. Yeah. Yeah. Before I just do that, um, so I got grandma's Bible once she went to heaven 
And um, flicking through it, there were so many prayers in there that she prayed. There's a lot of verses underlined. And I know there's a lot of prayers that she prayed that are still yet to be answered. There's a lot that have been answered, but there's Mm. a lot still to be answered. And just wanted to say that, incredible thing about the Word of God is that it's living and active always. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, there's not an expiry date on the Word of God. So just for anybody who's watching with us this morning, who's been believing for things, praying for things for their children or their grandchildren for a long time, just to keep persevering, um, just to keep believing, keep praying. Um, I'm sure that the prayers that grandma's prayed are going to yeah. keep being answered, oh, yeah. you know, in my lifetime, in mum's yeah. lifetime, in Abby's lifetime, but in our, um, in my grandchildren's time as well. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted yeah. to read a blessing. Awesome. Just um, before you do, sure. just want to say uh, on, on that, for those watching at home, if you're a, like, you know, I'm a first generation Christian, yes. you might say, you might be the first one in your family line that you're aware of mm. that have given their life to Jesus. You, you've... The extent of your family line is so incredibly long. Yep. You can almost guarantee that you're actually living in the answered prayers of, of great, 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 mm. great, great grandparents. Yeah. Um, and, and God holds those prayers mm. and they, they don't fall to the ground. So if you're like watching today going, you know, I'm not part of a legacy. Well, one, you actually grafted into the full family of God yes. and you get a yeah. bigger inheritance than just what you know of in your family line. Yeah. But it's incredible what God has done that you're not aware of. Mm-hmm. So yeah, anyway, that's b- really back good. to you there, really Deb. Good, Jared. And I just think it's exciting if somebody's starting to create that legacy. Yes. Oh, like definitely. how exciting is that? What's yeah. going to happen in their family? Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is from Genesis 22 and this is where God is pronouncing a blessing over Abraham. I just want to read to you. Actually, Grandma's underlined this as well. Uh, it says, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. I just want to pause on that. I think this is really important. Take possession of the cities of their enemies. And I'm just believing for people that are watching with us right now, where maybe the enemies just try to come and keep people bondage in certain areas in their family or just bring negativity around them, that God's going to turn that around, that He is going to take those things um, that have been a struggle and turn them around for good and actually make them into a strength for people. And it goes on to say, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. Stay up to date with everything that is happening by following us on social media.